was there a moment, like a practice or a meeting or anything like that, where you felt things kind of turned for you guys the last couple of weeks, where you kind of noticed that the team was locked in or kind of turning a corner? Nope. Why don't you guys go to the officials with your pool reporter and ask them about the play and let them explain it to you, right? Like, isn't that what you do? Thank you. He's, I mean, he's his, um, you know, I've, I, I've mentioned the rotation of how we utilize them might change from game to game based on matchup components and things of that nature, but it's been pretty consistent that DBs in the helmet we utilize. We utilize them all. Fourth and inches call in the second quarter um, that resulted in interception. Yeah. Did you like the call? Did you feel like you had a pop? No, it wasn't. That wasn't for Hop, actually. Um, schematically, I mean, they kind of, we, we were kind of. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Senegal beat Ecuador. And Senegal is uh, through to the round of 16. So is the Netherlands. The United States, if they beat Iran today, will play one of those two teams. All of that to be determined in a couple of hours. All right. I'll break that down. Quick some preview. For you. Senegal, would they beat the U.S.? I'll give you that at 9.15. Come on. Fish off oh, briefs. I thought you were just saying U.S. on 9.15. I'm just, I'm just giving people an, what, the whole thing. The whole thing. We're going to crush Iran. So I got to say Iran or I'll get yelled at. So uh, we're going to crush them and we'll play one of these two teams and we'll see who it is. Um, so Marcus Arroyo fired by UNLV yesterday after three seasons. Uh, Marcus Arroyo put out a statement on Twitter. Uh, in that statement, he made some excuses about COVID um, as he did throughout his entire tenure. Uh, he also pointed to the good things like that, the fact that they could be going to a bowl game and thanked a lot of the players and the staff. Anything from his statement stick out to you? No, uh, it's exactly what I expected it to be. Um, you know, he, he thanked everyone. He, th- he wished the new coaching staff the best. Um, thanked the players mostly for buying into what they were doing, uh, cheering on you from afar. Uh, the, again, with the COVID uh, pandemic, said other word that so many others were, we believed over our two full seasons, our program made great strides in our culture, player development, recruiting, and in the classroom. Um, you know, Nothing surprises me about the statement. Uh, I asked you before the show how he would address the media in this. Eventually, he was going to do something. He wasn't going to say stay silent. So we now know how he's addressing it. He puts out a statement. Yeah, I did not expect there to be any Marcus Arroyo called press conference. Uh, would not have expected that to happen. I don't even know if he'd be able to get into contact with most of the media to let him know there'd be a press conference coming. Oh, he'd have to have UNLV. Tweet do it for him. Yeah. Do it for him. Yeah. Hey guys, I want to do a press conference. Can you uh, tell the media for me? Um, okay. One thing to talk about about this year's team that is um, kind of irrelevant to Marcus Arroyo being fired. Apparently, as we talked about on yesterday's show, UNLV still has a legitimate chance to go to a bowl game. Uh, there are three bowl spots open. Buffalo plays on Saturday and a makeup game. If Buffalo wins, they. They become bowl eligible. The other team that can play is New Mexico State. That is a five and six team that had a game canceled this year. New Mexico State would need to schedule an opponent, beat that opponent, and get a waiver from the NCAA if it's an FCS opponent because you can't have two FCS wins count towards bowl eligibility. If both of those things happen, there would be one bowl slot open 
and it would go to Rice because Rice is five and seven and has an APR better than UNLV. If Buffalo were to lose or if New Mexico were to lose or not get a game or not get a waiver, then UNLV would be bowl eligible because they have the second best APR among five and seven teams. Hey, let me ask you this about New Mexico State. They are saying the San Jose State game because the young man died, which is an obvious way to cancel a game. Uh, And that was tragic. That was horrible. But if you're in New Mexico State, do you have a valid argument there? Like, yeah, everyone was horrified by it. It was terrible. But we had nothing to do with this. And we're going to get punished because we're one less game out of competing for a bowl slot. I think 100%. I don't know what the NCAA's thought process is on waivers for teams that play two FCS teams. The only time I could find on the internet about the NCAA and waivers for FCS opponents was before the 2020 season when they said, okay, if you play two FCS teams, we'll count it towards your bowl eligibility. That ended up not mattering because teams barely played non-conference games, if at all, that year. Um, But I, I don't know. But I do, just general from an argument standpoint, I do think New Mexico has a good one. Like, hey, a game got canceled. Right. It was completely out of our control. We can't, like, we couldn't schedule a game that week on the fly. And our only option is to schedule an FCS team in in the final week of the season. I think it's a very valid argument. I don't know if the NCAA cares about that. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I do think it is. Like, I think if you're the NCAA and you look at New Mexico State, you say, okay, that's a that's a good reason to give them a waiver. I think you know he's going to a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I do because I don't know if they'll get the waiver. Right, they have to get the like, waiver, they have get, to get the, the team, waiver, get the team, and win, win the, game. the game. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a. It's Tuesday, and we've heard nothing about a game. Right. Now, I'm sorry, you'd have an opponent by now, probably that would be willing to come to your place and play you. Right. So we'll see. Apparently, Valpo is the team they're trying to get. Um, but I don't know. We'll see if it happens. If it doesn't happen, UNLV is bowl eligible. And Eric Harper yesterday when he talked to the media, said if they get invited, they will accept the invitation to a bowl game. The interim head coach in that scenario would be linebackers coach Kenwick Thompson. I genuinely can't wait for UNLV to play in a bowl game at 5-7 and seven after firing their head coach. Well, there's no question you accept it. Do you? Oh, yeah. Okay. You're UNLV. Okay. All right. All right. I haven't been right, to a bowl right. since 2013. I know, I know. I know. I know. The way that the players, like Paloma Viacana tweeted out some quotes from players yesterday. Harrison Bailey. I know Doug Brumfield talked yesterday. The way some of the players talked at the Cannon painting yesterday. Are you going to have a fully committed roster of players to play in that bowl game? I do. I absolutely you think, think so. so? Okay. I think that they would be if all you do, fired up to go to a bowl game. If you do, yes, of you course. Go to you the play. bowl game. I do think there is a genuine question of like, are the players gonna want to play? Because the other part of this, you can enter the transfer portal right now. Oh, and I'm sure some have already thought about it, and they're going to enter right. it quickly. Yeah, I, Mark, absolutely. your head coach is fired. Right, their bowl game they would play would be like December 17th or whatever. Right, you got. We got two weeks from when they'll find out on Saturday. Maybe they find out earlier, but Saturday conceivably they find out if they're going to a bowl game. And you got about two weeks before that. How many players enter the transfer portal? Because if UNLV's got like 25 guys that go into the portal, you're probably not able to play a bowl game, right? Yeah, I don't know if that many would go in if they got to a bowl, yeah, at least it's, now. I, it's interesting. I Again, if I'm a player... I'm like, you're damn right we're going to a bowl Absolutely. game. Absolutely. I get an Apple Watch? Right? Yes. <laughs> you're, we are going. 
We don't even need a coach. Listen, Eric Harper, you can leave all the coaches behind if you want. We'll coach ourselves. We're good. Like, I'm going, but I maybe some of them are like, yeah, screw this. I don't want to be here anymore. I came for Marcus Arroyo, and now he's gone. I, if they're all on board, you're going to play the bowl game. But I want to see that so badly. Coachless, 5-7 and seven team well, in a bowl game. You have Kenwith. Oh, yeah, they got the coaches still there. But, God, that would – that's – one of the funniest thing that would have ever happened to UNLV football, a program. What do they have four four bowl appearances ever? I believe this would be their fourth. This would be the fourth for one of their like first five bowl games ever. Well, we fired the coach and we weren't actually bowl eligible, but we got in because we had good grades. That's like one of the funniest things you could have for a program. It's great. I want and to see if that. The, and if you're the bowl game because of this. APR? Weird and peculiar APR systems that you have to take the next team. Do you want that team? Because you know who's below UNLV? Auburn, Michigan yeah, State. Yeah, exactly. Like, now, I don't know. Auburn fans, they're getting a new coach, and maybe they wouldn't actually care to travel or whatever. But, like, you have Power 5 conference teams with that you legitimate could, fan That bases. you would yeah. choose Mel Tucker over needs that bonus in Mel a second. <laughs> Mel Tucker does need a bonus. You would yes. choose over them in a second, but you're not going to be able to. You, yeah, not allowed. Not allowed. Which you're going to get I'm Rice sorry, and UNLV. If I'm the bull and I've got my own sponsors and it's my bull, I don't like the system. I want to say right. I want to pick who I want to pick. It's my bull. You're not going to tell me because there's better academics at the school. They deserve the shot, you know, more than the team I want. To quote Cardell Jones, they didn't go there to play school. <laughs> they went there to play football. I listen. You're a hundred percent right on the bowl game side of this. If I'm running the Lending Tree Bowl, which is one of the ones I saw UNLV projected to go to, which is in Mobile, Alabama. Um, if I'm running the Lending Tree Bowl, and you're telling me there's not enough six and six teams, and my bowl's getting screwed out of a legitimate six and six team, and now you're telling me I got to take Rice or UNLV because they had higher grades than Auburn or Michigan State, I'm throwing a fit about right. that. Hell, if I'm what if I'm a bowl game, and you're like, well, there's not enough six and six teams, I'm saying, all right. I get to pick from every team left. Absolutely. I don't care if they went three and nine. Right. If they're a power five team who are going to bring people. I'm picking Nebraska, damn it. Like that team sells out every game they play and they suck. I'm picking three win Nebraska to come play in this. Because they're yeah, also hilarious. Sell tickets. And yeah. the problem, well, the problem with most bowls are they don't sell any tickets. Yeah. And and schools don't fill their allotment. Right. So you're right. If I'm one of those bowls, I'm like, hey, how can well, I make money? How can I actually make money? Because all these bowls lose money anyway. I'm in Mobile, Alabama, and you're telling me, all right, I'm getting UNLV. With an interim coach. Who doesn't have a head coach. You brought up a really, he just brought up a really, really important point of, if all of these things keep losing money, is this a tax, like a huge tax write-off I mean, for all of these companies? They never sell enough tickets. Every time no. they show them on TV, it's empty stands. TV money. And that's that's it. I, th- I bet they at least break even, if not make a good chunk of money. The actual bowl, just off TV money. I okay. mean, you've got TV money. Actually, ESPN runs most of they these They run bowls. most of these bowls. So TV money might not be right. But the, the fact that they all have lending tree as a sponsor right yeah she's it's as a sponsor can you tell can you see telling lending tree lending tree we could have had michigan state but we have this school <laughs> out and we know you're giving us a bunch of money out in vegas who coach. have better who fired their coach and who have better <laughs> academics so you're gonna take the, we're, we're, the we academics have to take part is just such a like farce 
Like it's well, just it's just such a like good for them and, that they and, have uh, APR. But this this is a bowl game. It's a good idea. It's a it's a, it's a nice idea. Hey, we're gonna re- if we don't have enough bowl, you're gonna reward teams, the APRs. We're gonna reward grades for the teams that were close. It's it's a fine idea. Not if I'm the bowl, right? If I'm Lending Tree or ESPN, whoever's running the bowl too, I'm not thrilled with that. Also, how legitimate is APR about? grades and classes and everything like it's you don't actually have to have the smartest kids to have a good apr but yeah because then it would be yeah it would be yale (laughs) do they have five wins i don't think they have five wins all right i'm on it (laughs) (laughs) it's so great also uh, one other note on new mexico state by the way i would also think if we were doing like pecking order shouldn't five and six be ahead of five and seven regardless of apr Oh, it's a great point. Like, I, yeah. it's not the way the NCAA rules are written is you have to get to six you have wins. To get to, okay, so that the way and it's what, written, you have to play twelve games. No, you don't have to. But it, the way it's written, you have to get to six games. And if you don't get to or six wins, if you don't get to six wins, it doesn't. Nothing else really matters. You're not bowl eligible. And then they just go to five and seven APR. But I do feel like, regardless of APR, it should be all right. We don't have enough six and six teams. Hey, there's this five and six team that had a game canceled. They should be ahead right. of five, and, five seven and seven teams. It feels that way to me, but that's not how it actually works. New Mexico State's got to play a game and get a waiver to get bowl eligible. Yale, Penn, Princeton, Harvard, and Columbia all won six games or more. So Cornell would be your five and five <laughs> on APR. Put them in. You know who else? Put Jackson State in with Deion Sanders. Oh, Deion. I, I think they're going to play in a bowl game anyways because there is the one. Um, who does SWAC play? The SWAC champion plays somebody in a bowl game that's not a technical Division One bowl game. Prime on the strip is coach? Oh, boy. That can't actually happen, right? Oh, it can. Why would he come here? Oh, I don't know why he would come okay, here, especially right. after his comments about HBCUs, like yeah. being the champion of HBCUs. <laughs> All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. Son, I didn't understand a word you just said. Bischoff's Briefs. Hey, thanks. That is not a compliment. Ah, I disagree. Bischoff's Briefs. Okay, well, that was just a list of complete nonsense, but you're not totally wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. This is your World Cup update. First off, 11 o'clock today. Chris Chapman is out at Parkway Tavern in the district. United States takes on Iran and England takes on Wales. Both those games happening at the same time. Uh, There are $4 Miller Lite and Coors Light drafts. There's $20 buckets of Corona. So head out to Parkway Tavern in the district. I will be out there tomorrow, also at 11 a.m. Mexico takes on Saudi Arabia and Argentina takes on Poland. Both the United States and Mexico needing a win to advance. All of that powered by Finley Toyota. So, 11 o'clock today. The United States plays Iran. Uh, Biggest game this country has played in eight years. Eight and a half years because it's a winter World Cup, not a summer World Cup. Um, Ed, how do you feel about us beating Iran? I'll tell you how I feel in a second, but like, are you sitting over there saying it's Iran? Of course they're going to win. Iran? I don't say Iran. <laughs> You'll get yelled at. Iran? I feel good, Tyler. I feel good going in the, going in the match. I don't know if I'm expecting a blowout 
like you are. Iran can be a scrappy, tough team. Run them off the field. So here's <laughs> here's the scenario for this game. The United States has to win. It's very simple for the United States. If yeah, they, they have to win. If they win, they're they through. advance. If they lose or draw, they are out. Iran, meanwhile, can advance with a draw. If Iran wins, Iran advances no matter what. If Iran gets a draw, they have a really good chance to advance to the round of 16. Not guaranteed, but a very good chance. What that means... is how they're going to play? Iran probably won't try to score. Right. <laughs> right. Like, that's how they kind of play already. They like to sit back. They're not out here. They're going to give us possession, basically. They're going to give us the ball, and they're going to hope we make a mistake and try to hit us on a counter and try to get it. That's basically what they would have done anyway. But given that they only need a draw, probably only need a draw to advance, there's basically no incentive for Iran to get spread out. Iran can just stay as compact as possible and basically make it as hard as possible for us to score. Because here's the scenario for Iran. If they draw, they will advance as long as Wales doesn't beat England. So if that game ends in a draw, or if England wins, then Iran will advance with a draw. So, these games happen at the same time. It's great theater when that happens. Great drama. What would help the United States a lot is if Wales scored an early goal against England. Obviously, it'll help if we score an early goal. Duh. But... If we are not scoring early, it would help us a lot if Wales scores early on England. Because if Wales is winning, then Iran has to win the game. Right. So an early Wales goal would probably help us out quite a bit. Obviously, if we just score, that's fine too. Um, Also, if Wales wins and we win, we're first in the group. We are not second. We are first if we win and Wales win. So Wales winning would help us out in multiple ways ways. If we win and England wins or they finish in a draw, England will be ahead of us. England's going to win the state. Yes. We could we could pass England if England has a goal differential. If we beat Iran by five. Right. Which probably isn't going to happen. But it is plausible. So here's the situation for the United States. They have not put out their starting eleven that I have seen. Um have not seen that yet. Probably is coming in the next 30 minutes though. The United States can't score. (laughs) We can't do it. Like, we haven't even created that many great chances in the World Cup. We've been phenomenal defensively. We played one bad half against Wales, and even in that bad half, the only reason we gave up a goal is because Walker Zimmerman decided to just obliterate uh, Gareth Bale's legs when he didn't have to. We're tremendous defensively. I do not believe Iran is going to score a goal in this game. I do not think it's going to happen. But we have to score to advance. And that is a massive question when a team is going to sit back and probably play 11 guys behind the ball because we're not good at scoring when there's only four guys to beat, let alone when we've got to beat all 11 of them. I'm curious to see how the United States tries to attack Iran in this game because normally I tell you, well, we've got a great midfield and we've got great wingers and we need to use those five players to keep the ball, win the ball, and progress the ball and get shots on goal. But if they're going to sit back, if they're going to be compact, our midfield, they're not going to have to win the ball. They're not going to have to progress. We're already going to have it. And they're going to have to make good creative passes in a uh, contested area, congested space. And we haven't really seen them do that yet. So 
I'm curious to see how we attack it and if we can actually score. Drones. I'll also <laughs> I'll also tell you this. Here's here's why I am extremely optimistic we win today. As much crap as Greg Berhalter, the manager of the United States, gets, um, the United States has not failed under Greg Berhalter. We've lost some friendlies, right? We uh, finished behind Canada in World Cup qualifying. But none of that matters. We qualified for the World Cup. The friendlies are, are just practice games. Every time we've needed something, they've come through. We've gotten it. We won the Nations League uh, after COVID delayed it, but we won the Nations League, right? They beat Mexico 3-2 to two in extra time. We won the Gold Cup with not our best roster. That was a primarily Major League Soccer roster. We won the Gold Cup. That was a very similar to this tournament where we could not score and we kept winning games like one to nothing, but we did it, right? We had a couple of struggles in qualifying, a couple of bad games. We still qualified for the World Cup. We have not failed under Greg Berhalter. I don't believe Iran is going to be the reason we fail, right? Right. We get out of the group and we play the Netherlands, who's better than us. Yes, that might be the first time we truly fail under Greg Berhalter, but it's because the Netherlands is better than us. We get out and play Senegal. If we win the group and play Senegal, that would be fascinating. I don't know what I would think. Can of Senegal that. win? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we that probably would be pretty level in terms of like how good each country is, Senegal and the United States. So that one would be fascinating if we played Senegal because I'd probably sit here and tell you we should win that game. But but, but that's me being an arrogant American. And Senegal probably sit there and say they should win that game. So that would be interesting. But I don't believe the first time we fail under Greg Berhalter is going to be because of Iran. I just, I don't believe it happens. And if it does, Greg Berhalter's probably getting fired and it's a massive Deion disappointment. Deion Sanders is the new coach. Yes, Deion Sanders is coaching the United States <laughs> actually, for the next four years. I like that. It's like prime, the, prime on the uh, pitch. But that's, I don't believe we lose to Iran. I don't believe we lose to a team that's probably going to pack it in for 90 minutes. And that's the first time we fail under Greg Berhalter. I believe that we will win this game because we have better players. I actually think we're going to score a lot. Really? Uh, Yes. Because I, I, in all honesty, if we have the ball for like the first 60 minutes of this game, I believe we are, we are better. We are the margin between us and Iran is big enough that if they just give us the ball, we're going to well, score. And if they get up 1-0, then Iran has to change yes, how if, it plays anyway, and then score, all of a sudden they open up. Iran has to try. Yeah, um, they have to try to score, and then and it opens everything up. Yes. So I I believe we win this game. I think we score off a corner or a free kick in the first 20 minutes or something, go up one nothing, and then it opens up a little bit, and we're able to take advantage of that and win the game. I'm very excited. I, it appears so, yes. yes. Do you have the jersey on today? Yes. My favorite jersey excited. they've had, the Bomb Pop jerseys. Uh, they're much better than what we're wearing now. God, we have terrible jerseys. So disappointing. I probably would have bought two World Cup jerseys if they were any good, but they both suck. So you bought none? I did not buy a World Cup jersey, no. Very disappointing that our World Cup jerseys are bad. <sighs> That's the biggest failure under Greg Burhalter. The jerseys? Yeah, it's not even his. <laughs> Does he have a say in, in these things? It. It's the biggest failure. All right, coming up next. Ryan Wallace joins the show. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Hockey Guy. I'm out. 
Brian Wallace. You can hear him on the BGK Insider Show over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Also, pre-post and intermission during Golden Knights games. All right, Ryan, we spent last week arguing uh, kind of about Phil Kessel, but also who would be first in line to play in the top six in the event of an injury. Uh, you gave a good reason for it to be Nick Waugh. We actually saw a little bit of Nick Waugh doing that yesterday. But is the real answer William Carrier? <laughs> uh, it might be at this point, right? Like, this this guy is a scoring machine. He's got eight goals. He's one off his career high, which he set last year. Uh, and double digits looks like it's realistically there for Will Carrier. How, how high could he go? Uh, that kind of remains to be seen. But, yeah, I think that at this point right now, if you were to tell me there's an injury in the top six, why not Will Carrier? Why not? Why not then... Uh, Phil Kessel because he would be playing with better players and his whole idea was to score when they got him. I I just don't think that you're going to be able to put Phil into a spot in the top six and, and rely on him for more minutes than what you're already getting out of him right now. I think the way that you've got things structured, if the Golden Knights are healthy, Phil Kessel's in the perfect spot that he's in. He's a third-line player on a lot of teams. He's going to be chipping in here and there when it comes to offense, and you want him to be on your power play. Um, Could you do it? Could you try Phil Kessel in your top six if there's an injury? Yeah, absolutely, you can. Um, But I don't think it's going to be much different than kind of the returns that you had early on when Phil was playing with Riley Smith and Jack Eichel. Just didn't really work out. Um. Right now, the Golden Knights, they obviously won last night, uh, but they blew a 2 nothing lead and had to win in a shootout. Uh, they're certainly not playing as well or winning as much as they were when they started 13-3-0. Is this who they are, or is this just sort of a normal, well, you're not going to be awesome the entire course of the season, you're going to have lulls? Is just just sort of a normal lull of a season right now? To me, it feels like a normal lull. Like it feels like kind of the ebbs and the flows of a, of an 82 game season. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that you know this schedule has been necessarily easy on the Vegas Golden Knights. They played five games in eight days and had travel on both ends of that stretch. So it's been a, a tough one from a schedule perspective. And you know, I think what you're seeing right now is a team that hasn't had a ton of time to practice and a, a team that's a bit tired. So. You know, you've got two days off here between games for the first time in a while. I, I'd expect that you're going to get a good practice day in tomorrow ahead of the game against Pittsburgh. And I think that what they do on this road trip gives us a better indication of what this team actually is. I think that they're probably somewhere in between the team that went 13-3 and to start the year and the team that's right now 4-4-1 and in their last nine games. So um, are they as good as they were at the beginning of the year? Maybe not, but are they as uh, middle of the road as they've been over the last 10-game stretch? I don't think so either. I think they're they're a really good hockey team that's going through a bit of a low spot right now. So schematically, are those the reasons behind they're not as good defensively or they haven't been as they were in the beginning? Um, I think that that's more a product of the teams around them growing into their game, right? When you start to look at the first you know, three to four weeks of the season, everyone's trying to dial in their system. So the teams that kind of get to their systems first are going to be able to pick up wins over teams that are just kind of struggling to put all the pieces together. What I think you're seeing now is the Golden Knights defending is pretty 
similar. But, like, you look at the goal that Johnny Gaudreau scored last night that, that got Columbus on the board. That was really not a dangerous-looking shot. Of course, the pass goes through the box. You don't want that to happen, but it's still a shot from the outside. It's a one-timer. Uh, you know, it's a good shot. But, it, 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 you know, first month of the season – that pass doesn't get across as quickly. That shot doesn't come off the stick as quickly. Those are kind of the differences between teams when they start the year versus where they're at now. So I think that the Golden Knights still have to grow a little bit into their defensive structure. They've still got to be a little bit more seamless on their switches and and make sure that they're covering the middle of the ice. But I think it's more the other teams in the league have caught up to the level that the Golden Knights were playing at out of the gate. Should Paul Cotter be the first shooter in every shootout the rest of the season? Uh, if he keeps doing that, yes. Um, <laughs> or or he's or he's batting cleanup, right? Like you, you want Paul Cotter uh, with an ability to to do something good for you in the shootout. Um, it was a sick move. It was ridiculous. Um, and you know, for for Bruce Cassidy's sake. If Logan Thompson's not in net, he's probably <laughs> putting Paul Cotter over the boards first because Logan probably is in his ear telling him to make sure that 43 gets a shot. Yeah, I was going to ask, is, should Logan Thompson be the coach? <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to shootouts, like, I, I, why not, right? Like, Bruce Cassidy said it yesterday. Like, uh, Logan would know. He, he would know. He faces these guys in practice and the shootout drills all the time. So if Logan. If Logan's pretty spot on, this is the guy that's going to put the puck in the back of the net. Uh, good coach listens, and Bruce did last night. All right, important question for you: How are the uh-huh. baby goats? Uh, good, good. They're they're real cute. Um, really, really interesting for sure. Uh, but the baby goats are good. Uh, everyone's healthy, and that's awesome. Uh, when were they born? Um, Sunday afternoon. Well, the first set of them, anyway. So uh, one one of our one of our goats had two babies, two boys, twin boys, on Sunday, and I think uh, one of our other girls is going into labor or is in early labor right now. Oh, oh man! So, so you got uh, what are we at? A like forty eight going on? Yeah, it's like forty eight hours is how old they are, and then you got more coming. Oh, this is exciting! Yeah. This is exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you look into getting a trampoline for them? Uh, no, not yet, but we're going to like reconfigure their area and stuff like that. So I don't know. A, a trampoline's probably on the horizon for us. I don't know how far on the horizon it is, but, uh, it is on the horizon. What, uh, this is a very good, uh, Golden Knights injury update for us. It's with Max Pacioretty out there, isn't it? Um, what, uh, are you guys keeping the baby goats? Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of up in the air on that right now as it stands, but uh, they're, they're going to be with their moms and, and on the farm for at least the first two to three months. So, you know, we'll see. I, see should, I should probably know this because my mother has goats. Do they serve a purpose or are they just fun? Goats? Uh, yeah, they serve a purpose. Like, obviously, goat's milk, like, that's a thing, right? Like, you can use it like, for a geez. lot of different things. That's kind of kind of the main reason. But then, like, goats are goats are cool. Goats are fun. They they bring joy. Right, I don't disagree um, with that. I just no. I, your kids must love this. Oh yeah, no. They they're they're like over the moon. They're so excited about it. It's it's pretty ridiculous. And they were like they were all they, they were both out there like during the actual birth, which was pretty wild. So like it was it was an interesting it was an interesting day on Sunday. Well, just put it that way. All right. I do not know if my mother milks her goats. 
are you going to be milking goats? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Very excited by this. I would yeah. like a video um, of you milking a goat. <laughs> like some milk in our new water cups from the station. Oh yeah, we got new cups. We got new. We got. We, we can. Got new, we uh, can get fresh goat get milk. Fresh from goat it. milk for the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I am gonna totally throw my mother under the bus. She has yeah. um, traded unpasteurized milk for other <laughs> random farm things. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's illegal. Yeah. Uh, so don't do that, Ryan. Um, but yeah, that that is uh, something you can do without telling us. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Ryan, would goats make like a good office pet? Ooh, no, absolutely ah. not. Um, they, they, eat, they eat everything. They cannot be. So they clean up after themselves. <laughs> so no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think we should have a goat around here. Things don't work enough as they are sometimes. Yes, but exactly. We we'll, don't need a goat back at the computers. <laughs> we will not be on the air because there's a Good. goat under Jared's feet that chewed through something. <laughs> How do we fix that? I don't know. We're off, a goat. The, we're off the air. All right. He's Ryan Wallace. Again, catch him on Fox Sports Las Vegas on the VGK Insider Show or pre-post intermission during games. Ryan, enjoy the goats. Thanks, Ryan. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, so there you go. Ryan Wallace uh, has some baby goats and more coming. Some born on Sunday, another uh, goat, pair of baby goats possibly being born today. Your mother out there doing illegal I, things. I'm trying to think what she does with the goats. Majority of the time she gets a new animal because it has a purpose that she's going to eat it or something else. But <laughs> she might have just gotten the goats for the fun because I can't remember her being like, oh, here's my goat milk. <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't think goat so. is considered one of the healthiest red meats. It's low yeah. in saturated fat and cholesterol. She has not eaten her goats yet, I, <laughs> unless she doesn't tell us that. But she has no problem telling us every horrific thing that goes on at that place. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. She did eat her pig, one of her pigs that we met and fed <laughs> and named. Yeah, yeah. and named oh, yeah. Wilbur. We pet and everything. Um, oh, that was the best part when we went back in the summer. To surprise my grandmother. I think I might have told you this. We went to a bocce restaurant and everything. And yeah. my mom was like, all right, nobody, like, take your leftovers home because I'm going to feed them to the pigs. Right. Because they eat everything. I guess feeding pigs is expensive. And she's like, any leftovers, it's going to the pigs. So, yeah. And then one of the pigs got on her table. Yeah. And so then she ultimately ended up eating the pig that she the fed our leftovers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that did that that did happen. Um Yes, yes. She she's got no problem sending us the horrific things that happen there. Like she'll send us the picture of the animal and then the picture of the meat she's of the meat eating. That she's about to eat. She's like, oh, great sandwiches. <laughs> I was like, didn't I pet that pig like three months ago? <laughs> but yeah, that happened. Chris Chapman just uh, texted in, who you can see at Parkway Tavern in the district at eleven. <laughs> uh, goat is tasty. Again, as far as I know, she has not eaten the goats. Maybe I missed it. I don't think I would have. I think she would have gotten yelled at by my other siblings. If she did. Because they would have been like, well, you can't eat the goats. They're cute. Yeah, the kids right? love them. Yeah. So I don't think she's eaten the goats yet. But it doesn't mean she won't. doesn't mean that's not in the place. Because it's not like she tells us, oh, I'm going to eat this one. She's right, just, she's right, just right. randomly like, oh, yeah, remember that cute animal I had? It's dead. And, I'm and she plate. shows you the pictures of the Yes, meat. yes. That is that is what happens. Wouldn't stop kicking, so I had to, I had to take the knife and just keep going and going. <laughs> I should ask her. I, I wonder if she sent the pig away to get butchered, basically, because I don't think she's... Oh, she's not doing that. Oh, she's done that before. 
I don't think she has the. She's done that with her cows. I don't think she has the the capability. What is happening at that house? Yeah, yeah. What well, she's not just walking out there killing it and butchering it up all herself. She's not. She's one woman with a hatchet. Probably need to give away some ZZ Top tickets. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Press the, box the chicken. She the chicken. She's good with. I've told you guys that before. One Christmas, I was like, "What do you want?" She's like, "Well, buy me a hatchet because the one I have doesn't cut all the way through on the first swing." <laughs> oh, If you want to go see ZZ Top, <laughs> I'm just imagining a chicken with his head just dangling. Uh, they have a residency at Venetian. Uh, we've got two tickets for their show on Wednesday, December 7th. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to go see ZZ Top, be caller number eight right now at 702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100. Caller eight's taking home some ZZ Top tickets. Everyone loves Mike. I think everyone in the locker room really has a genuine appreciation for each other. But I think when you're having success, it's fun. Football's fun. It's supposed to be fun. You know, when you're having success, it is fun. Guys are playing selfless football. And and when everyone's playing selfless, and and I always say when you're good with no intent to receive, it comes back twofold. Guys are really playing for one another. And uh, I don't want to take away from Mike's infectious uh, personality because it is. But I, I think guys, it's not just a quarterback position. I think in all three phases, guys are playing for one another and having fun playing with one another. You're locked in the press box. Was that uh, Robert Sala on Mike White? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Zach Wilson, not any good. He's getting, by the way, I, I very enjoy, very much enjoy when... Somebody is clearly not good at their job and everything just gets piled on the guy. And that's happened to Zach Wilson because we had Zach Wilson when asked after his last start about like, did the offense let the defense down? And he was like, no, and walked off the next day. I can't remember which reporter had it, but was like after the game, Justin Fields apologized to the defense for the offense, not scoring enough points. (laughs) And then we got, I can't remember who tweeted this either. But um, somebody tweeted uh, after one of the Jets drives, Mike White, Joe Flacco, and the quarterbacks coach all sat down around a tablet to break down the plays. Zach Wilson was nowhere to be seen. Like, it just becomes everything gets piled on when it's clear someone's not good. It's like it's happened to Nathaniel Hackett, too. And I I enjoy it so much because it's just like people come out and they're like, oh, We've done it with Marcus Arroyo today, by the way. People just come out and it's like, oh, this guy sucks. Wait till you hear about this. Is this the first like first round pick that I can think of that the most important thing that they ever did was maybe date one of their mom's friends? Most important or just funniest? Well, I think it's Here, going to be the, the, most no- the most notable thing I'm going to remember this guy for. He's <laughs> still getting first round money. So the most important thing he's done. I think done, Sam Bradford. Well, Sam Bradford was before the rookie cap, but the most important thing he's done was be good enough in college to get millions of dollars to be in the NFL. Now, the most important thing he's done to us, yeah, it might be that he might have dated one of his mom's friends. Okay, the most memorable, the biggest accomplishment. Oh, from the outside, yes, is going to be that. From from him and the inside. It's making millions of dollars. He was good enough in college to make millions Millions of dollars dollars in the NFL. And hell, he might be the next Chase Daniel. Oh, God. Just, I'm the backup for some random team every year. Thank you for the $3 million. I will see you next year. It's a great job. Who wouldn't want that? Also, I'm going to be the backup for the quarterbacks that don't get hurt, not the ones that do get hurt. (laughs) 
Thank you for my $3 million. <laughs> I'll see you next year. It's great. Have you seen how good I look in a baseball hat yes. holding a clipboard? <laughs> was it Charlie Whitehurst that was like made a career out of, but don't I look good standing on the sideline? Um, did you, Ed, did you see the questions that were asked by Iranian press to? The I United just States? saw, I just saw the quick clip on ESPN. Well, there was one, I don't know if she's a, 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 a Iranian uh, journalist who asked about the human rights issues. And the answer was, we're worrying about, worrying about, we also have to practice. Yeah. Uh, but I saw the one clip about, you know, you're, mispron- you're mispronouncing Iran. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, I yeah. mispronounced Iran. So Tyler Adams, who's the U.S. captain, he got asked, um, well, he got scolded for mispronouncing Iran. And then got asked, how do you feel about representing the United States when uh, black people get discriminated against? And Tyler Adams is black. And he gave a great answer about it. Um, but those weren't even the best ones. Uh, Greg Berhalter, the manager, he got asked about inflation in the United States. And I put the gas in the car yesterday. He got asked about um, some naval ship from the United States that's somewhere in the Middle East and why he hadn't pressured the United States to move that boat. (laughs) Am I the only one that's taking this as a, like... (laughs) This is so embarrassing if I was a citizen of one of the countries asking the, like, it, you're asking our football right. coach. Like, like I, are listen, you an idiot? Like, do okay. you not, like, in your country, if, if we sent an American reporter there, and would it be, like, weird we weren't asking your football coach about the <laughs> geopolitical situation He'd in the like, region? They only asked about our center backs. What like, you? I know. <laughs> Don't you know, like, I'm technically part of the government? <laughs> like, I, okay, the part that I, and I, I've seen people on Twitter say that those questions and those reporters were there simply to try to make yeah, the United try States to make, look, look, look bad. bad and they look, made themselves look, look, look like not idiots. In, look not intelligent or right. not up to date with what's happening in the world. But, I, but I'm like, is that, d- does anybody care that you asked Greg Berhalter <laughs> about inflation or some, like, I just can't, if I saw England's coach, Garrett Southgate, talking about, I don't know, Brexit right, or uh, the succession from the queen to the king, I'd be like, I don't care. Well, and a lot I'd be of like, a, why are we showing this guy's answer about this? And a lot this? of Americans on the question about the about the uh, ship would not know either. I like, saw I, the question I and I still don't about. know what he was talking about. Yeah. I, mean, I just, I can't, I don't know. To me, it's like, oh, we got them. Their manager uh, didn't have an answer for inflation in the United States. <laughs> like, is anybody you in know Iran? He's a football coach, right? <laughs> like, is anybody even in Iran? Like, oh, hell yeah, we yeah, got exactly. we got him. He's an idiot. Uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the one. No. I just, again, sure, you want to make the United States look bad. There's a lot of things there's outside a lot of, of soccer. There's a lot of stuff you can get to, and you don't even have to go to inflation. It's just, I mean, they asked him. I don't even know. Jurgen Klinsmann, who used to be the United States manager, who's now on TV somewhere, I don't even know what he said. He said something about Iran and, and was slightly racist. And they asked they asked Greg Berhalter yesterday, like, what is something about Jurgen Klinsmann starting a war of words with Iran? And he was like, Go ask him. He's on TV. (laughs) He'll answer it.